There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba in the Bloom, episode 49. We are one week on the day away from Major League Baseball. Meaningful games for all you meaningless fans out there. Meaningful baseball coming up in a week, which is going to be great. So at least we can blame injuries on real baseball, which will be fun, and so much more. So tonight we're going to talk about our first fab run that takes place this weekend. We have uh, maybe early schedule standouts we've kind of talked about in recent weeks as well. And much, much more to get you ready for the start of the season. Last big draft push ahead, folks. Before we get to that, a little housekeeping for you. I am on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host is always on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Yeah, like one week is, is it, it feels like forever from now because we still have big-time drafts. I know a lot of listeners still have big-time drafts. So we have a fab period still to go. Like there's there's a lot of stuff to happen before we start, but it is kind of crazy that next week on this stream we will have uh we'll be watching baseball games, which is which yeah. is which is pretty freaking sweet. We'll be talking about the action from the day. We'll be bringing back our game our weekly games so we can talk trash and maybe Ryan buys me oh, golf yeah. this year. That's right. Um we'll have we'll, we'll preview the weekend matchups. We have like we're going to have a system in place again. Like the like the old days. It's going to be so much fun to know we got real. This is a somber moment. Maybe that was like forecasting here. It was foreshadowing that uh, we should change the tone of this episode. Is we do a lot of work, Ryan, a lot of coverage on fantasy baseball, either written, podcasting, whatever. People know certain guys we like. Like, like Dr. Roto knows you like Aaron Savali. That's given. Um, everybody knows I like a certain first baseman that wears number 17. Pinstripes once in a while, City of Brotherly Love. He's from Northern California, my backyard. Uh, he's a really, really great guy. Uh, great nickname, Reese's Pieces. But the fact everybody knows that, um, I was busy today, and something took place on a diamond in a meaningless baseball game. And um, I had notifications on every form of notifications possible, discords, Twitter, text messages, the works. And all it said was Reese's, and I had like crying emojis and exclamation marks. So I searched Twitter because that's what you do when you're looking for news. And I wish I didn't because everything was not good. And Reese's Pieces is out for the season, Ryan, with a torn 
ACL. Um, hashtag this sucks. Pouring out for the homies. Uh, what's your thoughts here? Because there's a lot of different ways the Phillies could approach this. I was one of your one of your texts, yes. and it was. Uh, I think I just said torn ACL. RIP. Yep. And for the for the viewers of the podcast, I actually so I got I got my res, your response to me and I screenshotted it on my phone. <laughs> and we are a family friendly podcast, so I'll only display it to the uh, to the video. It's a little blurry. I think you can see what it is. I can make it out. There it's four, four letters. <laughs> there we go. Um, it was it was a profane word. It was in all caps. <laughs> And I, I'm just I'm glad you're you you've somewhat recovered. I know you're you're probably putting out a front and you're doing the show on 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 fumes, but um, I'm glad you decided to come through. No, it's uh it sucks, man. I saw the play like you just kind of knew immediately something was really bad. They car the EMT was out there. They carded yeah. them, and I guess there was some hope that um, he was like walking around. Hoskins was shortly after the game, but then that was squashed quickly. So he's done. It's uh, it's brutal. You hate, absolutely hate to see it. Yeah, no, it's one of those people are like sending me the the updates. Hey, he's walking around. I'm like, hey, I nearly tore my ACL. I just severely damaged it. I tried to go back in the game when I did it. Like you have adrenaline. You can walk. Like people walk on torn ACLs and kind of hobble around. You can bend it. You, it's harder to straighten it type situation. So I kept saying, it's great, it's cool, let's be optimistic, but let's see what the uh, imaging says. And yep. that took place shortly after, and what we thought took place. Because anytime you see a non-contact injury, like we watch enough football and other things, it's never good. It's never it good. Was That's... Very, it was Gavin Lux-like. You just kind of, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, not Ugh. good. Not good. So, yeah, it's over for Reese for 2022, 23. See, that's how scatterbrained I am right now. It's just It's a sad, sad moment. But we'll get them back in 2024. But the Phillies must move on. We must move on. And technically, this could be also a part of our fab discussion later because he will be a very big part of it because he'll be getting dropped everywhere, people. Um, yeah. So keep that in mind. But the Phillies have options. Like Derek Hall was supposed to be the DH till Bryce Harper came back. He can play first base. Uh, they can move Alec Baum to first base. And they do have Josh Harrison. Love him or hate him, he can play third base. Bryson Stock can move over to third. Scott King, remember that name? He could play third base or shortstop or somewhere and move pieces around. They have lots of angles to go here. I think the one I'm most excited about is potentially Derek Hall having a full season because it's pretty much like written in sand that, hey, he's going to DH when Harper's back, probably go back to AAA unless there's room for him somewhere. Um, it looks like he could be the guy for the rest of the season, and that's a whole lot of power to play a full season at first base. So that's the guy I'm interested in. But like I said, the Phillies do have a lot of angles they could play this, and – Luke Voigt could leave the Brewers shortly. Uh, Yuli Gurriel could leave the Marlins shortly. They're on minor league deals, and they have opt-outs if like certain things don't play out. So those are parts of this situation as well. So how do you approach this if, say, you were a Reese owner or you have drafts coming up and maybe someone now looks a little nicer for you? I don't see – yeah, I don't see the Phillies. I think Derek Hall kind of, at least in a platoon situation – is just I think that's what they do. I, I can't see them going like Josh Harrison or Kingery. I, I just cannot see that route from a team that is contending this year with an owner that is willing to spend to make them contend this year. So yeah, maybe they do like 
go a Luke Voigt route if he's available at some point. But I think for now it's Derek Hall. Um, a couple caveats, because I think Derek Hall is going to be a pretty interesting fab guy and draft guy. Still wasn't drafted very high today in the main, this surprisingly weekend. enough. Where, where, did, where was he going? 335, as high as 303. Yeah. Hoskins at 295. It makes sense because, because so there is the platoon thing. Derek Hall, I don't think, is going to play against left handed uh, against left handed pitching. Uh, the power is legit. The batting average is, you know, uh, we'll see. HQ, we're projecting 232 batting average. But the other thing with Derek Hall, and especially this is for folks that have already drafted Reese Hoskins, if you're looking for a replacement, Derek Hall is UT only. Yep. He he Derek Hall played 31 games at DH last year and only seven at first base. So Derek Hall won't be like if you're looking for a first base or even a corner uh replacement, I mean look at your league settings. Even in 10 game leagues, um if Derek Hall is not Yahoo, eligible. You're good so. to go. Yahoo is might be the only one. Uh I don't know. They might I think they're five. Aren't I think they? they're five. So Hall's got yeah. you there. He's got you first base there. So like I, I do like Derek Hall, however, just know like it needs to be. I think I think he's more of a streamer in right hand pitching heavy weeks, and you're gonna have to wait at least a week or two until he actually gets first base eligibility. So I don't know. You know I don't know. I wouldn't like open up the Fab wallet for Derek Hall. The one thing I'll say, and this is to try to make me feel better about life, um, with Reese going down. It makes our love for Rowdy Telez even stronger. So I'm gonna say that right. He just moves up even more in my fantasy baseball heart and brain. So there uh, is the like. I mean, when we're seeing this, I, I'm sure we'll talk about closers at some point. Cause that's the big thing with this week. But like, it's supply and demand. We have two elite closers that are not. One of them's off the board, Iglesias maybe. But um, what does that do to the rest of that kind of crew, that cohort that's going around him? Um, what will happen with? In Hoskins' case, it's like Rizzo, it's Miranda, it's Rowdy. Do those guys start to get pushed up a little bit just because there's one less body in that in that group to fall back on at first? Yeah, and today's on Thursday's two main event drafts, Rowdy's now the 11th first baseman off the board, where he's usually been more like 15th, 16th. So, hey, main, main eventers are smart, man. Yep, they got the big jump. He got the big jump because it's still Miguel Vargas, Andrew Vaughn, Miranda, Rizzo, Crone, uh, Bell still down there. So, Rowdy got the jump. He was the dude that uh, got the love on that one. There'll be more to come with that probably next week for you guys when we get a little better feeling on the Philadelphia situation. But I want to go back to Houston. I know we kind of hit on it last week with Jose Altuve. We kind of had an idea, you know, broken hand, yada, yada, yada. He finally had a surgery uh, yesterday on Wednesday, I believe. And um, they officially said he won't even resume baseball activities for eight weeks. So that made me think, you know, it's the old uh, Jason Collette saying, take an extra, take the uh, the end game and like add a couple weeks. So this might be like a three-week deal, or three-month, I mean, three-month deal for Jose Altuve, all things considered. We'll see. Thank God he's not a pitcher. But what I wanted to ask you about is David Hensley might be the name that enters the chat for second base. And again, similar to Derek Hall, Hensley's UT only right now, which is a bummer. Um, he will be the second baseman. It looks like all things are pointing to him being the starting second baseman. And if you're the starting second baseman for the Houston Astros for two to three months, that could be big. That could be nice. And that means he'll also gain eligibility in like a week and a half or so. So do you have any interest on Hensley now who made a venture's don't? He's still drafted in like the 400s, but he could be the dude. That is wild. He said, because, wow, that's funny. Um, I So I, I go on this diatribe about Derek Hall. I did not realize David Hensley. 
was yeah. UT eligible and UT only. And you know how he is? He has six games at DH and five at second base. That is Oh, if he would have had these crazy. flipped around, he'd be one second more base. Game. Yeah, one more game at second. I don't know how they would handle ties, but like one more game at second base and David Hensley is um is there. I like David Hensley, man. I really do. I, I looked at him in prepping for the show, and I mean, first off, the, the lineup's great, but this is a guy who, I mean, he's a little bit old for the levels as he's risen up uh, through the minors, but Hensley's played a full season at Double A in 2021, played a full season at Triple A in 2022, got a cup of coffee, 34 plate appearances with Houston last season. Throughout that kind of steady ascent, the K-rate's been pretty good. The stolen bases have been pretty good and like double digit homers. So this is a guy who a lot of projection systems, Hensley, they, the, the batting average is really low for Hensley. Um, like 240 folks are projecting, but Hensley hit over 290 in double A and triple A. And then, uh, I mean, hit 345 in those 34 plate appearances in the bigs last, last year. So um, for as cheap as David Hensley is going in that lineup, if they run, um, I, I like him as a late stab at second base. Again, just knowing you're probably only going to get that third of a season out of him, but who knows, man? I mean, just just pick him up and worry about that later. I I really like David Hensley as a as a cheap as a cheap ad. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Like I said, ADP of 418. He's taken in both leagues, um, so he's an in-game move. It's like that's almost undrafted, basically. It is undrafted in an OC, so yeah. keep that in mind. But I'd even be willing to take him in OC, like you said, and stash him for a week and a half. And then, or, well, he has to be drafted to be eligible for fab. So I was going to say, or fab him the first, like, like after next Thursday's the weekend. So it's the second fab week. Get him then, and then he'll get second base. But if he's not drafted, it won't matter because that's the NFC policy. But yeah, he's definitely a guy I like. What do you think about Altuve? Drop two in, in, in Thursday's main events, dropped to 226, right behind Jeff McNeil with Merrifield right before like Josh Rojas, Brandon Drury at second base. Does that feel about right to you, knowing you're going to have to hold in a non-IL league for a third of the season? Yeah, he's essentially like off my board for those reasons. Uh, I'll mention I updated my rankings yesterday for the GT, the Gaining the Edge uh, guys, and I have Altuve. I still have him 14th at second base, but I'm not loving it, I'll be honest. It's just... You know, it's ahead of Colton Wong, Brandon Lau, Esoc, Donovan, Drury. So it's slightly ahead of where he's going in the mains, yeah. but kind of kind of the same same way. But um, I think in like an IL league that that makes sense because he's not IL league for sure. Ball, but like so. in my well, OC, it's hard to do rankings. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. In my my uh, OC, he on Wednesday he fell to it feels like around two twenty ish. I'd have to go back and check, but he fell a lot. I just was not clicking him. Question I got for you, just for fun. Let's have fun with this. Second base guy starting the year on the IL. Would you rather go Altuve or Polanco? Uh, I'd rather go like neither, but Altuve. Okay, I just asked because Polanco should only be out maybe three weeks per se. Yeah, so I do. The, the Polanco thing just just scares me because. Kind of on the DL, his knee was messed up last year. Like has been rest messed up for a while. And I don't know if it's just a three week thing with Polanco. Yes, that's like what they're saying, you. but I that that worries me. Worries he me. fell a long way in my OC, almost to the point where I was like, 
I'm on like my third bench, dude. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll take the chance and, and roster him for a week or two and see what's up in case yeah. news doesn't change or whatever. But I like I think Brent took him actually a couple picks before I was gonna do it. I'm like, okay, you get to deal with it. Uh, Not me. Brent, Brent, I think, and I, I know Brent listens to most episodes. Brent, I, I, t- I take back what I said. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's he. He took it. Gets a joke that I made with the on the wire guys. It's like when you have that conundrum coming up in your draft when someone else makes the decision for you. Sometimes it's so much nicer. So yeah. Funny yeah, Polanco so. and I know we're jumping around a little bit. Polanco is on our rundown because he's just yeah. I was gonna skip to that. IL, but um, yeah. Who do you have? Nick Gordon's going like a round or two after Jorge Polanco. And give me, I know I'm a huge Nick Gordon fan. I'll take Nick Gordon all day long. Yeah. Especially because there's news that um, Byron Bucks, this isn't really news. The Twins just announced Byron Bucks is pretty much going to be full time DH to start the season as they try and kind of bubble wrap that uh, looming disaster. So, like, again, this is just with Nick Gordon and and a lot of these utility guys with multiple pass to playing time, Gordon infield, outfield specifically, like, this stuff tends to open up over time. And so, um, straight up, like, I would take Nick Gordon over uh, definitely Polanco, probably Altuve, just because I know he's going to play right away. I'd take him over both for sure. Maybe I have to go readjust my rankings just talking about it, but yeah, we both liked Gordon to begin with. It was just kind of like, hey, where's he going to play? And now Kirilov, sorry, on the IL. Polanco's on the IL. You mentioned the Buxton situation. It's like we kind of said all draft season. I know other people say it too. It's not just us. Is And it's the old HQ. Trust skills, not role. Like if he's that talented, the role will come. And the roles come in spades for, or diamonds, whatever you want to call it, whatever card game you're playing. Because um, like he'll play second base now. Like if somehow Polanco comes back healthy, he's got a spot in the outfield. Uh, Kirilov isn't 100% healthy either. Or not Kirilov, uh, uh, Kepler is not 100% healthy either. He's been battling some stuff. So there's a lot of spots for Gordon to find playing time, just like he did last year. Once he got got up, he played almost every day, even against lefties. So um, talent will win out, and it's going to win out. It looks like with Nick Gordon. Now he's got to get him out of the ninth spot in the order. That would be nice. That would That's be the next step. Hey, hey, baby yeah. steps. You know, hey, this I, is I, a, hey, hey, sorry, sorry. Let's take a step back. The risks, I'm still tilted. So, you know, baby steps are, are not an option right now. What are you doing with this Juan Soto oblique situation? Um, selfishly, like I mean, on our on our early season fade episode, or early round fade episode, like Soto was my pick. So selfishly, like I'm not taking him anyway. So I just kind of hope other people grab him. Um, it sounds like it's mild. So if I am a Soto fan, I probably would by that discount i think soto is dropping to like the 20th overall pick in main events today so that would or 17th but still he's out of the first round um if i believe in juan soto before i would i would buy that dip it, it doesn't sound like and this isn't just this isn't just the team being super rosy he soto did go in for an mri and the mri revealed a minimal strain so it's not just like they're talking uh this, there was actual imaging done and doesn't sound horrible so i hate oblique so much though those injuries oh, just yeah. linger yeah. and linger and linger and he was already kind of like we've talked like you said in the phase episode we were talking about our concerns already it looks like he'll be okay it could be like you said it's a spring deal any little boo-boo with a star they're gonna take just like okay just go sit down like you're good don't worry about it my question for you you talked about his dip we off the air we're talking about jordan alvarez's dip he made his debut on thursday made some loud contact um would you take Soto at 18 or Alvarez at 22 and I think I know the answer just based on your fades but how do you approach that yeah I'd take Alvarez pretty 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 quickly um 
dude can literally roll out of bed and hit. And that's, I think that's what he did today. <laughs> like he did go over like three, but, but the contact was pretty strong. And uh, yeah, I think my man will be fine. Yep. I think he'll be good. Uh, a little more fun here. Uh, everybody kind of was wondering what to do potentially with Gabriel Moreno. It was like, Hey, we know he's talented. Where will he play? They love Carson Kelly's defense. Moreno can hit. Will they kind of be like, you know, sometimes he'll DA, sometimes he'll catch, maybe play 50, 50. Well, that got made a little easier. Carson Kelly has a fracture in his arm. He's going to miss a substantial amount of time. It was not just like a little hairline. It was a pretty good fracture, it sounds like. So it's Gabriel Moreno time until otherwise notified. The interesting thing for me, per se, his ADP was still 187 uh, in the two main events on Thursday, which I thought he might have moved up a little more. That is good for uh, catcher 13, right? He moved basically ahead of Danny Jansen and then Kyber Ruiz. Still behind Raleigh, Kirk, Stevenson. So maybe that's close to about right. How are you approaching Moreno now? Because I still kind of like him a little higher, I think. I don't. So we differ on this one. Um, you are, I, I, I've been just listening to your other pods. I, I know you're higher on Moreno than, than I am. I just don't trust the power like at all for Gabriel Moreno. I mean, the, Gabriel Moreno hit in 267 plate appearances in AAA last year sorry 270 no 267 can't read tonight 267 played appearances yes he hit 315 yes a 17% k rate like i'll i'll give you the batting average gabriel moreno hit 3 home runs in 267 played appearances last year um 73 of played appearances in the majors last year hit one home run with a 3% barrel rate like that is pretty bad so like I think you're getting an empty batting average, which is fine. But like, I would take, he's like, he, I think he's like Kybert Ruiz, except Kybert Ruiz has actually done it in the majors. So, um, wow, did that actually say. just happen? Moreno feels like Kybert Ruiz. Is that, yeah. is that curling in the, in the chat? Yeah, Curlin, okay. stockiness. Yeah. Same page for sure. Then I, I just, yeah, I think that's a good comp, except, with Moreno, he hasn't had to make that adjustment to major league pitching yet. So I think there's actually a lower floor with Moreno than there is to Ruiz. Yeah, no, it's it's fair. I think there's still more power to come. It's like the old, we said it with uh, Kirk and some other guys. Like I think Kyber Ruiz still has more power. Honestly, I can a lot of the things you said. Like I wrote up Kyber the other day, and the the quality of contact metrics sucked. Like everything you said, you can almost put straight in the Kyber column. Like I get it. it, it there is a striking similarity between the two. I just feel there's more with Moreno. It's just a feel thing. It's horrible analysis. I get it. No, I mean, there's something to be said for prospect pedigree and and guys who are how old's Moreno? Like 22, 23. He's super young. Like yes, there probably is at some point another step there. Um, I just typically the way I play, I don't build that into what I'm thinking. That's so, fair. so yes, yeah, like a lower floor, but I I will concede that there's a higher ceiling, um, for the same reason. You know, compared to Kyber Ruiz, we also know what he can't do <laughs> against major league pitching. So this is very, very true. Uh, you hinted earlier about the relief pitcher landscape. Last week it was Edwin Diaz, the top ranked closer for many, if not the second closer for many. Well, now you have like the sixth or seventh closer for many, and Rysel Iglesias, who's going to start the season on the IL with shoulder inflammation. I never like hearing anything involving the shoulder. Uh, they're speculating that it's not super serious, but again, I hate anything that involves the shoulder when it comes to a pitcher. Um, on Wednesday's draft, he dropped to an ADP of 80. 
Uh, he's going right ahead of Clay Holmes now. So he's like the 11th-ish, 10th, 11th closer off the board. It's not, not a massive drop by any means. But um, a couple other guys went a little higher that might fill in for him. So how are you approaching this when it comes to the Atlanta Braves situation? And how would you deal with Rysel Iglesias come draft day? It is tough because we do not have, I don't think we have the full picture of what's going on. I mean, it sounds like, yes, the team is hoping it's minimal. <laughs> like the ILSA is minimal. Aren't we all? Yep. It sounds like Iglesias hurt himself, like not even in a game, just kind of warming up, throwing. And they're not really sure. Like they're just, he's not throwing for a week. And so you just kind of hope this time next week, he starts throwing again and you're fine. Um I don't know. Like the the ADP of around 80 around Clay Holmes feels about right. I think I would take Holmes if I was in the draft room and had to make that choice. Um, but again, there there is a chance that truly this is minor and Iglesias is, um, you know, you're getting him at a 40 pick discount for missing a week. But ah, I don't know. It just scares me, especially because it's a shoulder, like yep. shoulders and pitchers. That, that That's like you and obliques with hitters. Yep. And everyone, um, yep. shoulders just scare the crap out of me. I thought you were almost talking about my oblique. I'm like, I can't find my oblique if I had to like really get there right now. So I was like, that's a, I appreciate it. That's kind of you, but I wasn't quite sure how that was going to happen. Um, no. it's tough because I love Iglesias. Uh, I, I'm a big fan. Somehow I don't have a lot of shares. Thank God. I have a few. We talked about that off the air earlier, but, um, it stinks because he's a dude I like. But honestly, if I'm drafting until I hear more information, I just don't think I can take him right now. Yeah. It's scary, man, because like Iglesias, I'm going to pull up his innings pitch shows the last few years. Like, I feel like he's like, been one of the most consistent. Like 55 to 65, give or take. For, like, he's just locked yeah. in, strikeouts are there. innings. Yeah. Well, this is crazy. So, since, uh, you know, listing a bunch of numbers, but innings pitch totals since 2016, I'm going to leave out the, the COVID year 78, 76, 72, 67, 70, 62. And then, like, all of a sudden, this out of the blue. Like, that. that's yeah. that's wild. If you look at like his strikeout rates, his save numbers, like his ratios were kind of wonky from time to time in Cincinnati, but he was just a model of consistency. That's why I loved him every year. Um, the Reds would even use him in high leverage spots for multiple innings. He was that good. He comes over to Atlanta, even as a setup man, was almost better than he was as the closer in Anaheim. The dude's just filthy. He's got really good stuff. So it's a bummer in a big way to see this take place. Flip side, a lot of you know doctors and, and experts on Twitter – we're like, okay, he'll be out for a bit, so let's go talk about their backups. That's what we do on these shows. A.J. Minter seems like the main dude. That seems like the guy who's had his chances before. Joe Jimenez is there. He's got closing history. He's kind of banged up, though. Um, Kirby Yates, if that rings a bell for anybody. He's oh. on the team. He's on the team. Just throwing, I'm throwing options out, right? I'm not saying run. If I got to oh. pick one, it's A.J. Minter. That's where I'm looking to go. He had an ADP on Thursday of 304. He went as high as 262 in one draft. So that's kind of looks like where they might be leaning, but how would you approach Atlanta's situation for the time being? Yeah. That like cheap draft price makes sense to me. I'm not going overboard a, because I don't know if we even know who the guy is like mentor. We think, but we don't know. Um, would they, do they just use him in leverage against lefties or do they name a ninth? You know, is he the, actually the closer and then be like, like I was just saying, Iglesias could just be out for like a week. And so I, I would not go overboard at all on this situation. Um, in fab this weekend, like I'm putting in very tepid bids on Minter um, and probably not even on Jimenez just because I, I don't know. 
Oh, no, it's Minter only for me. I'm not doing the Jimenez thing. I've played that game too many times. It's scary. Very scary. So I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, last bit of news I have here, and thank God, because it felt like the injuries were not going to stop anytime soon. And they, maybe there was some I missed, and there might be more on Friday. But for now, this is it. Adam Wainwright. Didn't know how this happened. Maybe he was enjoying the Miami nightlife after the finale. I don't know. Like, there's a lot going on down there. Got a groin injury. Um, out of nowhere, kind of. It's a weird one to me. So he's going to start the season on the IL. I don't think he's going to miss too much time, it seems like. And again, he's kind of an in-game filler, innings eater, late in drafts. So it might not even be a big deal to many of you. Um, I just mentioned it because you could probably pick him up on the waiver wire at some point in time, or you could draft them, just maybe wait till the end. And Jake Woodford is going to be taking his spot, who has pretty much been a bullpen guy in the bigs with St. Louis, but has had no strikeouts. That's the best way I can put it. It's a lot of pitch to contact and pray type stuff with Woodford. So any interest there? Yeah, Woodford Woodford belongs on reserve. Uh, oh, boy, oh my god it's beautiful i was I, I was thinking it in my brain and you brought it to life i appreciate you and that's an old one i've used because woodford woodford's been around he's been yeah up and down around for a while and just yeah no k's no nothing the other thing and <clears throat> i mean this will kind of lead into like our schedule talk but st louis is one of the few teams with two off days they're off on friday and then off next thursday so if this really is, and it sounds minor with Wainwright. Like, I don't even know if they will use Woodford in a starting role. Um, so I guess, uh, I don't know. I still think like losing Wainwright on your fantasy team is addition by subtraction. But um, if you did, if you did draft Wainwright and you believe in Wainwright, I would hold on to him. It doesn't sound that serious. I think it was a, I think it was like a Musgrove. I think it was like a, a workout related injury, which, which further fuels your theory, Bubba. Just don't work out. Just don't work out. Especially when you're you're Wayne, right? You're like 40 something years old. You're <laughs> yeah. literally on your like your swan song. What are we doing right now, dude? Like <laughs> especially the groin. What are, what are we doing out there? I'm, I'm curious. Like just keep the arm fresh, be able to throw six or seven. Let's call it good, big man. Like let's 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 do that. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. It's Superstart Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get up to a $25 gift card after rebate with the purchase of select Superstart batteries. Our professional parts people will test your old battery for free and recommend the right battery for your vehicle. For power, performance, and reliability, choose Superstart batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. All right, 
let's talk about that early schedule to see uh, what we got coming up here. And there's uh, some very good and some, you know, just mixed bags, I guess is the best way to put it. But um, you broke down hitters, you broke down pitchers. I'll let you have the floor on this as I'm scanning through it because there are some nice ones, some really nice matchups. Um, what are some of the scenarios maybe is, and the reason we're doing this people is I'll spell it out a little simpler. If you're in your draft and maybe you're looking for some end game plays, like, Hey, let's take a chance on some pitchers late. Or like Ryan said, Hey, there's a lot of off days for this team. Maybe go grab like their eighth inning guy to like throw in there and get a couple innings out of, or little things like that. Here's a way to stream some, some bats against some great matchups, uh, little things like that for in, these are more in game plays. I'd say than probably your main roster plays. So, Ryan, how are you um, – anything standing out on the hitting side of things for you? Yeah, and, I mean, just to kind of build on that a little bit too, is like – and, I mean, so your end game picks, you, you can start picking for the schedule, but also like in FAB. I mean, we just, we are kind of flipping to in-season mode. So it is important to look at, especially when you're setting that first like lineup, and this happens every year because opening day is Thursday, is like a lot of your starting pitchers, if they are a fourth or fifth starter – they are not going to pitch this first weekly lineup period, the first weekend and might be a two start pitcher following week. So um, there's a, there's, I mean, this, and this is pretty popular is people like to kind of grab a, a middle reliever for these or two for these first, uh, you know, four games Thursday through Sunday. And that makes sense to me. Just don't go overboard with it. Like you don't want to cut <laughs> one of your like mid rotation starters just to get some, you know, a, a middle relief inning. Um, what I would recommend is look at the teams with four games. If you're looking at, obviously for hitters, because at-bats are, are king, especially in deeper leagues. But if you're targeting middle relievers, um, there are teams that play all four. So every team plays opening day, which is awesome. Like last year, last year it was, well, the schedule was messed up anyway, but like not a lot of teams played on opening day. Um, a lot of teams are off Friday, but every yeah, I'm looking at that. That's kind day. of a big bummer to be serious about this. Yeah. yeah, White Sox. So the teams that play all four: White Sox, Cleveland, Houston, Seattle, Mets, D-backs, and Rockies. And so if you're looking at like James Karinchak, I think is a great pickup either for a buck and fab or on your 30th round pick. Cleveland plays four games and so like maybe they maybe class a pitches two of those in a row and current check comes up for a save or whatever um same with like some unsettled bullpens miami is it going to be fluoro puck uh maybe take a shot if one of those two guys are available arizona we have no idea it could be our boy the ghost of magoo Magoo. mcguff um or you know whoever uh maybe take a stab at ginkle um mantiply in the Arizona bullpen. I know they get four at LA, but those, those teams that get four games this weekend, I think those are the guy or next weekend. Um, those are the teams. If you're going to kind of stream middle relievers, if you have a couple spots uh, where, you know, your starters aren't going to pitch until the following week, I target those four gamer teams. And I will say like, everyone's trying to guess the Dodger situation. And it's supposed to kind of be a platoon overall. Roberts has said, he actually said, he sees it being more of a Hudson Gratterall thing, which is good to see. Yep. They play, like you said, they got the four against Arizona. Uh, that's a great spot, too, just to be honest, like just to feel it out. And then maybe you get a bad feel and you Saturday night, you drop one of them and go the other direction or something. I don't know. But it's a good one to gamble on at that point in time. 
Um, yeah, other than that, like San Diego, we kind of have a good idea of what they're doing. Miami is a really good one, as you mentioned. Even the Mets, like what are they doing? Because Diaz is gone. Do we got Robertson? Do mm-hmm. we go with um, Ottavino? Like how does that one play out against Miami? They should get a safe situation or two there. Uh, and then the one other guy, because you mentioned Karinchek, I'll just throw it out there. With Houston playing the White Sox, it's a great time for like Rafael Montero or something like yep. that. With, or with Brian Preston. Abreu. Or, yeah, yep. Brian Abreu. Those are some good ones. Like literally your last round, you could probably grab those dudes and yep. just Especially keep them for the weekend and drop them. That's yeah. an easy one. And Presley, so. Ryan Presley, as much as he is – he is he is my boy. Um, I don't see them push. Uh, Presley has had injury problems the past years. I don't see them pushing Houston pushing Presley super hard. So yeah, maybe you get like a rogue save out of Montero. And I know we're like we're super like focusing on you know this first half weekend, but the larger point here is again try and eke out everything you can over twenty six, twenty seven, whatever scoring periods. This stuff does add up over time. So it's yeah, also it's- interesting, like you want to target and I, I'm just, when I was kind of going through and marking, you know, good matchups, bad matchups, there's a lot of teams similar to last year that are just awful and that you can stream against. There's the nationals, there's Oakland, there's Pittsburgh, there's Detroit. Um, there's Colorado when they're on the road, you know, going against those guys. Like there's a lot of just really bad teams. That's going to make streaming. Um, I don't want to say easier, but you kind of pick your spots pretty well based on the schedule this year. And I will say is, I don't know how easy or hard it will be, but maybe next episode when we do our first weekend preview, we can kind of look at weather. Because usually the reason that a lot of the guys have off days is because of weather concerns. So, like, you look at the Tampa Day team that gets Washington and Oakland, but Washington early April can be nasty. That's like, that could be a postponement. And all of a sudden you got, like, four games that week or something. Um, yeah, I'm looking. So, it's usually, like, the central division. There's just, like, yeah, like the Cubs are snowed out, or since well, like, Pittsburgh Toronto's goes to Cincinnati, at the Rangers. Toronto's got four. I mean, at the Royals, Toronto plays four in Kansas City. Yeah, it just screams of, "Yep, we got a snow out coming." <laughs> Which, because uh, I was going to say, is you know, you could even look farther ahead besides just the weekend matchups. Like Toronto plays seven games in the first full week of the season. Kansas City plays seven games. Uh, Atlanta plays seven games. You got um, uh, Atlanta and. Blah blah blah. Where did I just see? I just went right through. Where I was Nationals. Going. Nationals play. Like Nationals get seven and four at yeah. Coors the following yes. week. So like, so like those are things to look at too in yep. the grand scheme of things. Uh, maybe more more so for bats potentially, but that also tells you like, hey, if I can go get the third or fourth pitch, like fourth or fifth pitcher, even in a rotation, I can get a quick two step and then drop them. Yep. Like those are those like we talked about. I remember last year easily Michael Walker with the it was the, the Walker. It yeah. was and it paid off and then dropped them and then couple more times we picked them up throughout the year for two steps and dropped them. You could easily look into that with some of these deeper teams like the um, Padres. I wouldn't go there because Musgrove will probably mess that up for you all on, on the way back. just want to kind of throw that one in there real quick. But um, there are options. Like Atlanta's a good one if you want to take some chances deeper like in the rotation. Kansas City, it is Toronto. But then you get the Giants, and I'm not a big Giants guy, so – but it's Kansas City at the same time. So pick your poisons there. But yeah, you guys know what I'm trying to say there. There are going to be options for some two steps as well. Um, Yep, especially at the end of the rotation. So one thing I'm looking at as you were saying that, Bubba, is it looks like, and and we'll see once rotations start coming out, the Rays have like one of the easiest schedules of any team coming out. Whoever is fourth and fifth in the Rays rotation, probably fourth because they got a couple off days. That next week, the Rays go at Washington, then at home against Oakland. So that's a two-step for possibly like, Jeffrey Springs, Eflin, 
one of those types. Boston is another one that following week, Boston, they host Pittsburgh on Monday the 3rd, and then they go to Detroit. Brian Bale. So that could be that could be your boy, yep. uh, with two softies early on. I don't I don't know what the Red Sox rotation will end up. Look. It could be like they, Cutter I don't Crawford. Think they know. I don't think they know. Yeah, Cutter Crawford. They said he's making the rotation, so he's so a good like, one too. That could be interesting. At least in those matchups, he's a good one. Let's put it that way. That's so. yeah. That's that's what I mean. Just matchup specific is like if cutter crawford gets and listen to me freaking bumping up cutter crawford before opening day but like just an example um looking ahead at those matchups pittsburgh and detroit like that's that's pretty sweet for boston so yeah we'll have more on that kind of stuff next week to get you ready for the following week of course but uh any other like we'll we'll flip it to the pitching side of things we just talked as we did talk pitching hitting side of things what stands out to you that you're looking to maybe target there? Because we're also still waiting for stuff to finalize in those regards. But um, there's some very juicy matchups as well. There's some juicy ones. There's some tough ones too. Like I, I always look at Colorado. So Colorado, and I've mentioned. I think I've mentioned this on previous pods, but Colorado is on the road until April sixth. Yeah. So like, if you do draft late Rockies. Just know maybe, you know, maybe they struggle that for those first six games, especially because it's at San Diego and it's at L.A. Like that that's a brutal first, you know, first couple series for Rockies bats. So just keep that in mind. Um, again, this shouldn't affect like ADP or anything, but just at the end of your drafts, if you have some marginal folks, um, the one I do like Cincinnati, man, they get yeah. uh, they get six at the small park to start the season versus Pittsburgh and versus the Cubs. And that's nice, going to be nice. the Cubs like back of the rotation. So um, look at those reds early on. That's a good one, man. My Milwaukee stacks are going to struggle at Chicago then home. against the Mets home against St. Louis. Those are some decent spots for pitching. Especially yeah. if the weather's bad in Chicago. That could be rough. That stood out real quickly staring at that, but yeah, the flip I side love of that. that is yeah, Cubs hitters. Face yeah. Milwaukee. So you're starting against Burns. You're starting against um, Woodruff. Woodruff. So, uh, But then they get the following week. They get to go to at Cincinnati, as you mentioned. And then they get home versus Texas, which might not be bad either, depending if DeGrom's DeGrom or not. So mm-hmm. keep that because he should pitch at least one of those games in Wrigley Field. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. Like, I know we can probably just keep pinpointing stuff, but not everything's finalized yet. So that's kind of the – the tricky part between this, but it is fun kind of a, we get baseball in a week. So this actually starts to matter and um, be kind of seeing the layout of things and getting back into the mindset of, Hey, how should we prepare ahead of time for things, which Ryan, I don't know about you takes us into our first fab period, which helps us prepare for things. So um, this is where it gets fun because I was kind of hoping first fab would be next week, but I guess it makes sense. If you drafted early, you might want to get some fresh guys for Thursday's game. I know Tout Wars in the past, we get to like Wednesday night, I think, or something like that to do ours, our first run, then it goes back to weekends. But in FPC, it's always weekend only. That's how it works. Saturday nights, you do your work, go Sunday evening, it goes off. And um, it means we got some fabs. So you got a couple, uh, you, got a, you got some uh, hitters and some pitchers on some bloom boards, my friend. So how are we, uh, how are we looking at the bloom boards this week? There's a bloom board for everything. I um, love it. And so what, yeah, so what I did with this bloom board is I tried to, I was was thinking like, how do I mimic what a typical early draft might look like? 
um, and really our, our target audience, obviously this, you know, you can use this for in drafts towards the end of, towards the end of your weekend drafts. But like, if you did draft early again, most leagues have that, that fab coming up this weekend. I think it was, I don't know. I looked at, I looked at NFBC gladiator, which if, if folks aren't familiar with that format, it was a 15 team, you draft your 23 guys and that's it. And so that's a pretty like good size league and probably equivalent. There's no bench. So equivalent to like a 12 team mixed league with a bench. Um, and so I took those gladiator leagues, those all drafted in like November through January. Um, so there might be a little difference, like if you drafted early March or drafted in February, but in general, whatever I took the, the roster percentages of those guys, um, in those leagues. So guys who were not really on radars outside the top, how many, what's 15 times 23. I should, I should know this 345, not in the top 345 for the most part. Um, early in draft season that are now going um, earlier in drafts. And and so what I did is I overlaid the gladiator roster percentages, anyone under 40% and ordered that by their main event ADP. And so you could do like it rest of season projections, but as I kind of, I was half joking at the top of the show, these main event guys and, and gals are, are super smart. This is a good way to just in general, if you want to identify fab targets, look at the guys who were undrafted, earlier in draft season that are now going the earliest in drafts in the main event. And so that's what I did. I broke it up by pitchers, hitters, and we've got, we've got a lot. There are a lot of definitely a few like top 200 folks that were not being taken in gladiators. There are a lot of top 300 folks that were not being taken in gladiators. And it's a pretty, pretty healthy list. I I put this out on my Twitter account Thursday evening in, in, in advance of this show. So if anyone wants to check it out, you can do that, and we'll obviously talk through some names, Bubba, that uh, that that stick out to you. Yeah, no, I love this because there's some serious names that, and it makes sense. Like Ryan said, three forty foot five or something uh, were drafted in a in a twelve team as three sixty. So that's why it correlates, as Ryan was saying. If if you really look at it, um, and it, it, it there's some very interesting names on this list. Uh, David Robertson makes sense. ADP one ninety eight. Surprisingly, in thirty two percent of of uh, gladiators, I don't think he was signed yet in gladiators. Like that's the crazy part. People are speculating, and then it would have sucked. And then an injury takes place, and now he's got a job. Like talk about hitting the luck box in that whole scenario. Uh, so I don't think we have to really talk a ton about him. Alex Lang, similar scenario, like we know, but they're probably available in your leagues if you drafted yep. early. That's kind of the point of this exercise. Like, don't sleep on these guys being there. Let's talk Clark Schmidt, though. This one is is, is a big one for me because um, I've, I've been going back and forth. I'm not the best with pitching. That's like always my thing. I try to improve on every season. But Schmidt's a guy we know the pedigree's there and the talent's been there. He's shown some signs of, of good with the bigs, some struggles, as you'd expect from a young pitcher. He wasn't rostered at all in Gladiators. Zero. Zero percent in Gladiators. Um, but he's got a main event ADP at 220, and he's going to be in that rotation. And I and, – I don't think it's a short time. Like, he's supposed to be filling in for Rodon. I'm worried about Severino, who looks garbage in spring. Mm-hmm. He looks rough. Domingo Herman's always kind of been, like, blah to me. Like, I think if Schmidt pitches well, like, why would you put Herman out? Like, that kind of scenario. So this could be a dude that could end up throwing a lot for you this year if it pans out. Plus, he's on the Yankees, which you know he's going to have chances for Ws, which we talk about all the time. So how are you looking at this Clark Schmidt situation? Because 220 ADP is juicy. He's probably available in majority of fab leagues if you drafted in February or before, uh, at least mid-February or before. 
So th- this should, to me, is an important target. And and I'll give you the floor here in a second. I know I'm talking a lot. Um, but if you look at the, the New York Yankees, per se, um, this dude could get Philly at home, which is not great. But then again, they lost their best power hitter. So that's kind of tough. Um, how, how do you look at the, the Clark Schmidt situation? You, you have you have to bring Reese into 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 every segment of the show. I like it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Schmidt's the top starting pitcher available in leagues that uh, drafted early. And um, again, another reason to do this is just make sure guys don't fall fall through the cracks. Like I think Clark Schmidt is, I don't want to say a must add, but he's got the skills, he's got the team to echo a lot of what you just said, and I think he's going to have a role for as long as he pitches well. So. Um, and this goes without saying, but if you fab Clark Schmidt now, you could, you would have him for the whole season and his stats and that reward. So, um, I would be pretty aggressive in fab on Clark Schmidt. Um, I know that's like easy to say, but I would probably think about maybe spending eight to 10% of your fab budget, something like that on Clark Schmidt, especially and every team's going to be different, but especially if you have an early injury, I think Clark Schmidt is worth going, you know, that 8% or something like that. Um, if you need rotation help. Yeah. hundred percent with you. Do you agree? Cause you basically said about him, you do think he's the top starting pitching option out there. Yeah. I mean, the other guys on this list, like Kyle Bradish, Mitch yeah. Keller, who uh, again, Mr. January, Mr. February Dude, is. Uh, I, I'm going to cut you off for two seconds. Mitch Keller, he gets at Cincy at Boston. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that's rough. And I love Mitch this year. Big Mitch Keller fan. I don't even know if I could start him in those games. I saw a tweet today or a stat today. I think there's two pitchers in spring with 20 Ks and one walk. It's uh, Garrett Cole and Mitch Keller, mm-hmm. which pretty interesting. Um, company. But yes, yeah, so Mitch Keller is someone 5% drafted in, in Gladiators. So probably somebody who is in your uh, available if you drafted early. And same with uh, someone who we talk about almost every show, David Peterson. That's kind of your top five. And I, I would rank them Schmidt, Peterson, Keller, Bradish, and who's the other guy? That's the that only one you mentioned. Top yeah. four. All right, yeah. Bradish last. That makes sense. Yeah, you got Stephen Matz here. Who like Nick Pollock is a big fan of Stephen Matz. I've been hearing him talk about it a lot on his morning show. Um, the talents, yeah, I get the talent. We've seen him be a great pitcher at times. We've seen him be a mediocre pitcher at times. I guess you're getting them for free, basically. So not the end of the world. Uh, Brandon fought. I think we can probably ignore that for now. He's back to the minors. So just keep that in mind. Kenta Maeda is struggling. But then I want to ask you about Matthew Boyd. Yeah, he's back. Speaking of Nick Pollock. The Boyd boys um, and Boyd gals. He was rostered in 1% of Gladiators. His ADP is 294. But the storylines, and again, they're just storylines in spring training. The velocity looks great. He's showing signs of being back to that guy we were starting to see before he got hurt. A lot can change, obviously, at spring training. But for a couple shekels, potentially, this could be a fun little ad. So what's your interest in Matthew Boyd? Yeah, I think a couple shekels is the big one. Like You don't want to get too overexcited. Like, yes, the spring numbers are fantastic. Nine innings, 17 Ks, .67 whip. I you know I don't know how long Matt Boyd is staying healthy <laughs> this season. It's I don't think it's like a Clark Schmidt or even a Mitch Keller um, 
or even like a David Peterson, who I think right. sticks in the rotation. I don't think Matthew Boyd is like the chances of Boyd making it through the whole year pitching effectively, I think are pretty small. That said, like this is someone who in the past has shown the ability to rack up mega amounts of K's if he could just rein in the home run issues. And so for that point, like, yes, I would, you know, if I had the room, I'd throw a couple bucks um, on Matt Boyd. I, I wouldn't do anything more than like one, 2% again, because of that, that, you know, there's a, there's a, a pretty good chance you're getting nothing here. Um, but I think a couple bucks just to, just to find out and maybe not miss out. I, I think makes sense on Matthew Boyd. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, a guy we've talked about, we like more than Kendall Graveman. We hope he takes over that role eventually. He could also be a nice guy for these early week bullpen guys we talked about. He'd be a great one to target. So, because they're at Houston, good chance he gets a couple innings in there. Something to think about. Wanted to ask you about it, your boy Aaron Savale, though. You talked about these top Man. pitchers available on the wire. Uh, Savale was at, drafted in 30% of Gladiators, so he's probably at least in half of your leagues available on the waiver wire, I would imagine. How much are you spending on him? We know how much you love him. Yeah, I'm a little offended. He was only taken in Savali, only taken in. Wait, 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 wait. I'm willing to take a break from the podcast. Did you draft him in any of your gladiators? <laughs> yeah, so that's hilarious that? you say that because I, I just <laughs> went over to my tab. And here we go, man. Moment <laughs> of truth. I'm typing it in. C-I-V, A-L-E. One out of two gladiators. I did okay, take him fair. in a gladiator. That's fair. It's fifty percent. That's more than he's rostered. Half, yeah, long, half long. of my no, gladiators I have, Aaron. Man, that's uh, you were putting me on, me on the spot there. I, <laughs> well, you make a comment like that, I got to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got, I got. Wow, my like little NFBC screen just lit up green when I typed in Savali in the little lineup search thing. Um, nice. Yeah, Aaron Savali. I would rank ahead of. So I didn't. I listed those starting pitchers earlier. Um, I'd probably take Schmidt over Savali, but that's probably it. I think I'd take Savali over Peterson and Mitch Keller. Um, so, yeah. He's yeah. A beast. Uh, there's a lot of nice save specs. I, mean, I like Ronaldo, but Graveman's still out there too, if you're feeling because no one really drafted them because everyone was like, Hendricks, he's a dude. None mm-hmm. of us knew he was going to get cancer. So that was just kind of a, a, a fluky, freaky thing. Trevor May is out there. He was unemployed at the time of most gladiator drafts. So that changes things a bit um scotty magoo there's uh, there's he, magoo again yeah magoo shows which up. it is it is worth noting that the main event drafters have mcguff over he, he's the highest drafted arizona closer for for what that is worth yeah, um it's definitely something yeah and then aj puck's the last one who i think most of us agree might not start the year as a closer but a lot of smart minds are saying he's going to lead the team in saves let's put it that way I'm, i've been always a firm believer floro gets the early job so they can trade him that's just been my whole thought process, and then it's Puck's world after that. Um, anybody else pitching-wise you want to mention? There's a couple other starters back here, but I think that's the main gist of what we were talking about. Yeah, um, Jared Schuster someone who I'm yeah. interested in. I think just Atlanta's track record of developing starting pitchers. We've seen the Kyle Wright breakout. We've seen the Spencer Strider breakout. I'm not saying Jared Schuster is, is that, uh, but that is a pitcher who was completely undrafted in early drafts completely undrafted in late drafts. I mean, this guy is really like the last two weeks Schuster has shot up um, both Atlanta's radar and fantasy radar. So that is someone who I would, um, I take a stab at uh, this weekend as well, as well. Question for you. And I should probably know the answer to this, but since no games have been played yet, is Schuster and those guys available in the pools? 
Depends on, yeah, it depends on the league. Like in an NFBC league, yeah. I don't think he would be available and until everywhere he pitches else he in, a, in a major league game. Yeah. That's that's a pretty like unique rule to the NFBC, yeah. though. I think like in your standard fan track, CBS, Schuster, Yahoo. that that type of pitcher, yeah, Yahoo, he yeah. he would be available in the, in the. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I. I was wondering that actually because I Schuster is very interesting, but and he's getting drafted now, like you mentioned. But a lot of those leagues might not be available, and you might not be available to the second fab period if you're really doing the thinking on that one. Yeah, so it makes if it they even don't, deeper. Yep, exactly. So uh, something else to keep in mind. All right, hitting side of things, you got Anthony Volpe, who I still don't think makes the um, starting roster, but we'll see how that. How do you feel on that? Is it Peraza or Volpe for you? It's the most commonly debated topic in all of Twitter. Yeah, I, I, it is. Um... I, I would go Peraza. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I just think he, I, I don't know, but I think, I think the signs are there. Status on the forty man, the 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 lineup trends that we've been seeing. I think it's Peraza. Uh, Volpe, I mean, Volpe's good. Two hundred ADP. That is like well, the main, main event drafters are very. It makes me laugh because like Gladiator Volpe ten percent, Peraza twenty four, main event ADP Volpe twenty three, Peraza three oh nine. It's a 106-pick differential. And most people you talk to are like, yeah, it's Praza's job. But when you see people putting over $1,700 on a team, taking Volpe 100 picks ahead of Praza, really makes me wonder on a certain things. I'm half-joking with this comment, but more than, I think, or roughly half of these main event leagues were drafted in New York City. So That's um, fair. Maybe That's there's fair. Some, maybe, I, I know both those guys are on the Yankees, but maybe there's some um, some hope with Volpe, who does have the higher ceiling, I will say. Yes, 100%. Um, but I think there's a you know an even better chance he, yeah, I, I just don't think he starts as shortstop. Now, there's a lot of a lot of guys I like on this. It's like, obviously, Big Willie. Big Willie's right here. Oh, uh, he's rostering 22% of gladiators. You guys all know how I feel on that. Oscar Colos is one I wanted to discuss. Again, probably not available in NFC leagues, but available elsewhere. Uh, 28% of gladiators, ADP at 258. And he's an interesting one. Great spring training. Really good spring training. Even was decent last year when he had a little cup of coffee. Like, nothing crazy. I know he didn't have it. That's still minor leagues. He's not on the 40 man. That's the conundrum I have with Oscar Colos. Yeah. Um, I still think it's his job in the outfield. Everyone claims it is, but still not on the 40 man. We did, and I do say we ba- baseball HQ, we did bump uh Colas's playing time projection up to 75%. So we think he and there is a playing time analyst behind that, a human behind that that's that's pushing those buttons. We do think he starts the season. Um, on the on the gig and could be early favorite for I always like this kind of award. I don't know if it's an award for um, best fantasy player who did not get a baseball forecaster box. Colas was that far Ooh, that can be a off fun the one. radar, so we didn't write him up. Um, HQ were projecting 250 batting average, 21 home runs, two steals in 422 at bats. So that'll play. Um, there's just a I don't know a little bit of like a pop up vibe with Colas, so I don't I don't know. I wouldn't go overboard here. Yes. Uh Shay Langaliers, our buddy Ben Ted mentioned this one. Only roster in three percent of gladiators, ADP at two eighty five. He is util only. That's the conundrum. But he's gonna be the guy that's taking Sean Murphy's role. We saw how the A's like their catchers to play a lot. And Langaliers had a great hit tool in the minors. It didn't really for like translate a ton last year uh in the bigs, 
but throughout his entire minor league career, the dude could hit. And so that's one of those things you're kind of waiting to see if it translates. He could be a fun one, especially if you kind of waited on catchers and you're like, you know what? I got this dude. Like I have Reese Hoskins and I have other first basemen I can put in there and I can upgrade my catcher too and just sit on Shea for like two weeks. It's an option. I'm just throwing it out there. Something to think about. It is. I mean, I do think Langoliers at 3% in Gladiator is because you can't move people around. So like you drafted Langoliers as true. utility and he is your utility in gladiator. True. So like you that's can't true. move him to catcher. So that's, I think that's why he's down at like 3%. I think in your more normal leagues, uh, Langoliers is gone. No, that's a very valid point. Uh, you know, I got Elvis Andrews got signed Duvall. I like the TJ Friedel went to Friedel. I always screw yeah. up which way it goes. Um, to me, it's, it's funny. He's always the kind of, it feels like he's the forgotten man. Cause Jake Fraley, like the, I think they're almost like identical players to me. That's the thing. A lot of similarities in the stat columns when all things are said and done. Fraley gets all the love, goes a lot higher. TJ, you know, ADP of 313. I love targeting. I've, I think on my OC, I had both of them on my roster. I think he's a really good late outfield option personally. I think they should both play a ton. Um, I think he's a guy, if you're looking for just a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, and you got Great American Small Bark. We talked about those matchups to start the season. Yep. That's a, that's a dude I am looking at. If you have an outfield, in, and, and it is Friedel. I did pull okay, up the thank you. the official MLB pronunciation guide. Uh, thank you, Steve Gardner. Says, yep, yep, who shared that with <laughs> us. Um, it is Friedel, because I know I, I think we'll be saying his name quite a bit this year. I think that's a perfect outfield pickup if available. Um, you mentioned Adam Duvall. That's someone who was not even drafted at all, at all early because he didn't have a team. So Boston yep. signs Adam Duvall. With that power, that fly ball tilt in Boston over the Green Monster, I like that pickup quite a bit. If you, and again, you probably do with five or six outfielders, have an outfield injury you need to pick up for in Fab this weekend. Uh, Duvall going 298 and Friedel 313. So um, I think between those two, I'd go Friedel just because of the schedule yep. and um, a lot of the reasons, Bubba, you just said, but uh, both are fine. What about your boy, Michael Massey? Yeah, my man. Gladiators, three thirty-seven, and I'm going to be honest. I'm I will take my L's when I need to. I like what I'm seeing in spring. The the improvements uh, he's too, made too, and, too early for L's, man. I, I'm 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 cool with it. I I completely just poo pooed all over it when you mentioned it before. So I can at least admit that hey, I like what I'm seeing improvement wise, and I'm willing to. If you need a late MI or something, I don't mind him as much anymore. You've got an Altuve injury. You have a Polanco injury. Yep. You need middle infield. Michael Massey's going to start. He he is he is Kansas City second baseman. Yes, like you know, there are reasons not to like Michael Massey, but like I think there's some power, there's some decent power speed there at for someone who's gonna play pretty much every day um on a team that likes to run. So uh Massey, I was glad to see on this list. 337 ADP. So again, don't go overboard. These are like late in drafts and main events, but if you're trying to fill those holes, I think Massey middle infield makes makes a ton of sense. Um, if you're banged up. Yeah, these are filling holes or streaming for the first couple of weeks, yep. like yep. matchups. Um, like some guys that weren't signed when we did Gladiators, Brandon Belt. Like we are we talked about him plenty on this show for targets and whatnot. Uh Enrique Hernandez, we talked about him plenty as well. Neither one of these guys really had a job or situation at the time. And Enrique was injured. There's question marks all over the place with him. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, he's another one. And we all kind of have our love, our, our, our interest in these guys, I should say. So those And those are guys, I think, especially Enrique and McCutcheon, 
I think they're more than just streamers, personally. I think they're more, you can almost plug them in more often than not. They should be playing nearly every day. Plus, Enrique will get shortstop eligibility, which is nice. Shortstop outfield. So those are a couple other guys. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to hit on anybody else. There's a lot of names. Uh, I will say Blake Sable at the bottom. Um, I love him. He won't be available in an NPC until the second week. There's a lot to like with that kid. So he's interesting. I just want to see how the Giants utilize him. Is he strictly the catcher too? Or will he DH and play the outfield works? If he plays regularly, the bat plays. And and that's what I'm very intrigued with. One other name um, that sticks out to me is a top 40 prospect, top 40 hitting prospect going, God, where's the dang board? Uh, going 375, 1% rostered. That's Brett Beatty. He has had a heck of a spring, not just with the bat, but defensively as well. And that is something where that matters that those are spring stats that matter. If you can ascend to a level, both offensively and defensively to get regular playing time, there's a legit 50, 50 chance that Brett Beatty is the Mets regular third baseman. And that's someone who completely, completely off of early mid draft radars. Yes. In keeper leagues, he's probably gone, but in your early to mid redraft leagues, Brett Beatty, if you need some third base help, or you just want to take a shot on a prospect that no one's really talking about, um, I think Brett Beatty's a fantastic uh, dart throw uh, for Fab just to see what you got there. Yeah, I'm with you. Good batting average skills. The power developed. Uh, you're, he's only 23. My God. A yep. uh, little little bit of speed. And some of the rumblings are rumors. Nothing's in, set in stone, of course. He is going to be the starting third baseman over Escobar because the way he's playing, you mentioned the spring, Escobar is not. Escobar is a veteran that they can kind of just use as a you know, utility guy if utility. you need to. I think it's very – like that's even one that's worth specking on, I think. If he maybe doesn't have the job right out the gate, I think if you can get him cheap for a spec, you have a spot to sit him at, I'm intrigued. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting spot for Mr. Brett Beatty. Yep. All righty, got a couple listener questions here for you before we head on out for our last episode before we have real baseball to talk about. Um, Not quite. We we got we got a Monday one, but oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot all about that. So much we gotta, fun. You know, we got to promote that. We're we we are we're putting Bubba on the hot seat after after going through my labor, going through my labor. That sounds yeah, I was about to say awful. <laughs> uh, going through my draft and labor. And Tout Wars live streaming that and watching me suffer. We're turning the tables. Uh, Monday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern, Night Owl Draft, 8.30 yard time. Bubba's doing a uh, 12-team NFBC draft online championship. And I'm going to be the host. And, man, you're going to have to put up with me, the commenters, and the draft. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see see what my uh, KDS comes out for in that one. All right. Some listener questions here. Our buddy Joe G414 asks, thoughts on Trevor Larnack and James Outman in Roto? Outman is announced on the roster. Playing time is still suspect. We don't know how that's going to be. The quote Robert said is, I, I want him to get regular at-bats. So is that three games a week, four games a week, all the games of the week? We don't know yet. That's the, that's the conundrum. I love the hit tool with Outman. It's great. He should play. He's a better defender, too. That's up for debate. The Larnick thing is interesting with the Kirilov injury and everything. He looks like he might actually have a starting gig too. He's kind of underachieved in the bigs, so I'm kind of concerned. But what's your thoughts on Larnick and Outman? Um, I mean, it kind of depends. If you're trying to fill a, fill a hole and get some playing time, I go Larnick. If you have space and just kind of want to speculate on someone with the ceiling, 
I think you go Outman. I share your concerns, Bubba, about LA's outfield. And yes, you can want to have Outman get regular at bats. There are, I mean, not the best bodies out there, but there are there are bodies out there in LA that I, I don't think Outman plays every day. I think there's I think there's a platoon situation going on there between himself, uh, Trace Thompson, David Peralta. There's Chris Taylor, although he's having a really bad spring. There's just a lot of a lot of mouths to feed in the outfield there, and the DH is is full time to JD up. Martinez, so there's no flexibility there. So, yeah, that's that's a downer. I like Alvin a lot. Just what's he gonna do? Uh, your buddy Oregon Ducks too. He has one. He says, "I texted this to Ryan earlier today, but thoughts on three guys I haven't heard you discuss much. Thanks for listening. If you know that, um, Cattell Marte, Tim Anderson, and Josh Naylor. Okay, you don't listen." Because Josh Naylor is, I'm, I'm in love with Josh Naylor. So that's not true. I'm just messing with you. Uh, it's a seven by seven auction league with slugging percentage and walks are the extra categories. Is this a league you're in by chance, Ryan? It's the league I was in. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, say before we before we put you on the spot here. So then you know this better than any like, former league we, mate Scott. We, here we mentioned question. Tim Anderson last week a little bit in the mid round picks. Naylor, I'm a huge dude on. Cattell, I have zero shares of. So what are your deeper thoughts on those three? I mean, so it kind of, yes, like I profess my allegiance to Tim Anderson. He was one of our, one of my mid round targets last, last week. So like, I mean, I, I think Tim Anderson is a, I'll kind of repeat it, second, third round talent going in like the seventh round. And this is an auction league, like your auction price on Tim Anderson, I think is going to be fine. Maybe it's, it is, again, everything's league specific. This is slugging percentage and has walk. So Tim Anderson doesn't pop quite as much. Maybe your boy Naylor is the better uh, play there just because of the discipline and the, um, and the slugging. So um, can tell Marte, like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't trust hitters whose best year was 2019 and like in Marte's case <clears throat> could tell Marte hit 32 home runs in 2019 that was that was the bouncy ball year the happy fun ball year that's why I say that could tell Marte has never hit more than 15 home runs in a season outside of 2019 when he hit 32 could tell Marte hasn't stolen more than six bases in a season outside of the 10 he stole in 2019 um, the batting average, I think, rebounds to maybe like two. He's projected about two seventy ish, but I think we're kind of dreaming on the idea of twenty nineteen Cattell Marte, and I don't think that's coming back. So if I had to rank them, I'd probably go Anderson, Naylor, uh, Cattell Marte in that order. Yeah, we're close. I'd probably lean Naylor, but I will say in my OC on Wednesday, I took Tim Anderson in round eight. And I took um, Josh Naylor in round 19. So I got my two that I would go with in that draft if that says anything. But You took them both, the, though, so that, that does yeah. say a lot. Yeah, in this format, I'd probably lean Naylor more so, but I like them both quite a bit. All And, uh, yeah, zero more time. Our buddy Corbin Young makes just makes a statement because he loves Mitch Keller. He's a big Mitch Keller guy. <laughs> Mitch Keller, tons of great names out there. Should be fun first fab weekend. Yes, oh, yeah. our friend. I mentioned Big Ten, Ben Ted earlier. I mentioned the Langoliers at three percent utility. Only player is pretty interesting. We hit on that. Um, little book of comms is coming at us with a couple questions. It's just it, uh, and he's, it's been great because he listened to us a lot last year to kind of learn about the NPC. So now he's playing in his first fifteen team fab league this year. Um, and for some reason, he's trusting us to do this. At least he's trusting me along with you. So you're the you're the legs behind this one. 
Um, first time doing weekly NFBC 15 team fab, and I don't have any idea how much players cost. Hey, inside inside the, the, the ropes here, none of us do. We don't even. <laughs> none of us do. It's, you're going to learn real quick, especially like when I do my recap fab shows with Toby and other people, and you just listen to anybody. Talk, listen to the, the goats on Sunday nights on Rotowire. Um, um, Erickson and, Erickson uh, Genstead and Genstead, yep. talk about it. Like League to league is so different. 12 to 15 teams is so different. It's just no rhyme or reason. You kind of stick with what you want and just kind of – I, it sounds bad cross your fingers like just hope you're in the ballpark like one thing i love to do like some people share my over vlad Sedler. usually sunday nights after fab's done if not monday mornings he puts out like a grid of all his teams all his fab moves the amounts he paid the league setup the drops he made and he's got like a handful of ocs handful of mains and his numbers are always different and it's just it's it's wild so do your best if is the best I could say, and we'll help you if you have questions, but that's my one thing. So his questions, can you recommend a free intro to fab resource? I'm trying to think of a free one. I know Vlad just put one out, but I don't know if it's free. It's, it, I don't think it is. We do have stuff on HQ too. That is not, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's a, a good f- question. Yeah, I, I, not that I've noticed to be honest. Yeah. I, I would add like, I, I, I know the question's free. I, I would say, especially if you're if you're new, I think it is worth, especially new to NFBC, I think it is worth paying for an FTN subscription to get Vlad's weekly FAB article. I know a lot of people and like your, your competitors are probably reading that. Don't use that as kind of the, the Bible, uh, but it is a really good way to kind of just get a ballpark idea for certain bids you want to make. So I do think something like that is, is worth, um, the cost. If you want to go that route, if not, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good fab stuff out there. That's free. I just haven't come a, across any, uh, I would yeah. definitely say Google's your friend there. Yeah. Bloomfield writes a great fab article for HQ. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm not going to, sh- I'm not going to shill for that one, but yes, I do do a fab. We're starting well, a, that one in April, but I'm just, I'm just going to name things. I do fab. I did fab last year. I'll do fab sure. again this year. I'm not the expert, but I just list names and give my thoughts on them. That's kind of what we're here to do. Yep. Um, Vlad's the goat. That's just the easiest way to say it. Like every major player, like Ryan mentioned, we look at Vlad's articles. Like it, we're like almost everybody that is anybody looks at Vlad's article to kind of get a idea of what's going on. I think, I think another, and it's kind of, I think it was a follow-up question that little book of calm was asking. And I think frames it even better. Like he followed up to his own question about um, what we would what generally spend for different types of guys. What, says, what what are some fab strategies common in NFPC leagues? Do you prefer to spend big early and save the hammer for all-star breaks? Um, yeah, I don't, I, I do not. You will see uh, when, when, it, when a reliever goes down and someone comes in, you will see triple di- digit bids on folks speculating on closers like that if there is a guy with skills in the role you will see that for prospects as well as they get called up throughout the year in the nfbc i am almost always out on those guys just my style is i like to spend roughly this is all just rule of thumb 40 to 50 bucks a week the first third of the year drop that to maybe 20 to 30 in the middle and then your last is like 10 for your last third per week um, that all that kind of averages out there's you have a thousand bucks and you're there's like 26 weeks so that comes out to about 40 bucks a week and i like to front load that a little bit but again that's all some weeks you'll be like 
make trying to make a move just to make a move. That's not really it either. Or some weeks you need to fill like three or four spots. So it all depends. But generally, that's kind of what I like to do by thirds of the season. And one thing I'll mention is obviously some weeks you can spend more than your allotted idea and that can just change throughout the weeks. Um, other things would be kind of depends on how necessary it is to make a move because an injury took place. You need to fill a spot. So I have to get this guy type scenario. Um, the one thing I will mention, I'm usually with Ryan where I don't spend big early on certain guys. I will say this much though, in learning and talking with people on my show and the guilds is one of them. And the guilds is a very successful fantasy player. Obviously he won the OC overall last year. He's finished top five, three straight seasons. So he knows a little bit of what he's doing. We've talked about this on my show because he will be aggressive early, big vids early. Um, And what it comes down to is, because it's true, you can find discounts everywhere, but what it comes down to is how hard are you willing to work? That's what I'll say. It's like, if you want to go get the shiny new toy prospect, if you think this next closer is the the legit dude, like say say Robertson's on the market, you think he's going to close for the Mets for the rest of the season, he's probably worth a few hundred bucks. Like that's that's a good bid to get if if he is what you think he is. It's ifs. Um, so that's kind of what you have to do. You just have to be able to work extremely hard to find those one and two five dollar players, whatever, a week early, two weeks early, stuff like that. So if you're willing to put the work in, then you can be aggressive. You can, you can get away with it in a big, big way. I'm not saying we don't want to put the work in, maybe sounded bad saying that. It's just I think speaking for myself, I'm more comfortable kind of living in that middle realm of just kind of like steadily building my team and, and strengthening it that way. So and lots even of ways too, to do it. Like there was a, um, there's, there's no one way to do it. That's, that's, for sure. that's the biggest takeaway. The main event winner last year, Bob Kremutola. Oh, he I forget the exact of number of weeks. He, he ran out of fab, like yeah. multiple weeks before the end of this. He made, he could I not say it was almost fab like two moves. months or something. I don't it know if it was like, that far. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it, was it was at least it was, four or five weeks. It might have been It long. was an alarming amount of time that he ran out of fab money and and still won the main event overall. So that kind of goes to what you were saying, Bubba, about really anything can work. So um, um, his the, the other part of the little book, and this might have been what you were referring to, he says, if possible, could you give some, some rough fab ranges for the following situations? Yeah. Short-term closer, like example, Rice Sales injury. Long-term closer, Edwin's injury. So I'll just go one by one. Short-term closer, I'm not spending more than well to start the season. 30, 40 bucks if I know it's a short-term thing. I was gonna say, I was gonna say around 20. Yeah, and we'll we'll lose those bids because someone will spend a lot of money for AJ Mentor. Like if and 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 that goes back to my eventually Rice Sell is coming back now. If we get news before Saturday night that Rice sells out for like four months. Well, then AJ's worth probably like 150, 200 bucks, maybe potentially. Like that changes things a bit. Um, and it goes into his next question long term closer, like the Edwin Diaz situation. It kind of hinted at Robertson. You would see, and I could be wrong, Ryan, but if Robertson is the dude, if you think he is the dude, people will spend over half of their fab, maybe more, to go get David Robertson. Rob, he will go. Yes. I, I don't know about that much. I think you'll see like, I could be wrong. Bucks but... for sure. I think like two to three hundred bucks. I think people will spend on David Robertson. I I will say right now I put in bids because I've started my fab today. I'm at around seventy, yeah. um, in in labor and in one of my NFBC leagues. I probably won't get him. I may push that up to like ten percent, so a hundred. Um, I think generally that's like I. 
so there's kind of two parts to this question is like what what should i spend or what would the market spend versus what would i myself yeah. spend i would go more like 70 80 the market's probably going to go like 200 for yeah. a closer i think, I think it goes higher the role i think it goes higher you think it goes it's, higher you're yeah, probably I right the, you're probably I think right four range like people especially say you had diaz or you yeah. some situation where you waited on closers and you're kind of like not happy with that scenario now you're gonna go for this dude and that's where i see that happening we'll see um, man i i love like oh when fab hits and nfc does it like within a minute you get to see the results it's crazy that's why i love doing the recap episodes because you get to see the spectrum of like he goes for a dollar in this league and he goes for like 500 bucks in this league it's like what in the world is going on but that's, that's yeah. the breaks uh six starter now in the rotation you know we talked about schmidt we talked about peterson earlier i guess it also comes down to how long do you think they're in the rotation for so it's probably more than a 20 to 40 dollar range that's kind of a big range but you know schmidt maybe deserves to go higher like you mentioned earlier closer to the 100 maybe if you're feeling it so any thoughts on those guys i think i said like eight percent eight to ten percent for schmidt yeah. um it depends on the skills and Schmidt and Peterson, the example of book of calm men's hat. Those are guys with the skills and how long you think they have a role. And in these cases, I think they will have roles. So um, I'm willing to go like up to, up to hundred for that type of pitcher. If it's a six starter that doesn't have the skills, I'm not even touching. And maybe we'll get to that one at the end here. Um, but yeah, so a lot of factors. And then he mentioned like a streaming bat with two good weeks of matchups. So let's just think TJ Friedel coming up. Like that's a good weekend plus the start of the following week. Um, again, it's like it's just so hard because you and I don't like to break the bank where guys would want to, but a guy like Friedel, where I know I only want him for sure, for sure, for like the next seven to ten days, it's hard for me to go more than like 25, 30 bucks. I think yep. I could be wrong, but that's where I'm at. Agreed. Um, I was gonna say like 20. Uh it does, like I will say, it adds up if you go 30 to 40 bucks on these guys. Instead of 20 to 30, it doesn't sound like much, but over 10 weeks, that's 10% of your budget. And you are going to be picking up these streaming guys every week. So, yeah, I try to keep it around 20, maybe 30, depending on the uh, the stream. And then his last one here is average streaming for a two-start starting pitcher. <laughs> uh, that's the million-dollar question, dude. That's like, what are the matchups? Are the matchups that juicy? How desperate are you? Honestly, what I try to do, little book of calm, is – I like to use the Rotowire schedule grid, and I usually bid on my two start guys a week earlier, so you can get them for like one or two dollars. Yeah. That's what I do. I try to get a week ahead. The week of can get pure chaos in some leagues, like stupid money in some and no money in others. Like I, I know I'm not helping with your answer, but Ryan knows what I'm talking about. It can get two start pitchers is like a, a like cocaine to some people. <laughs> it's just wild. And it often turns out that the bid amount that you should have placed on these two-star pitchers is zero. Yep. yep. <laughs> a lot of these guys get torn up. So just be very careful streaming. Who was the guy in Oakland that I streamed a couple of times last year and just got, oh. Well, there's the Gomber. I'm glad we I forgot his name. We all know about yeah, the Gomber. You can get Gombered. You can... was it, it wasn't Cole Irvin. Was, no. it, uh, was it Blackburn? No, Blackburn was Cap pretty Cap good. Caprillion? Nope. Uh, it's going to bug me. But I, I spent, to. I think I spent like 50 or 60 bucks and it's just way too much. It's way too much for a backend streamer. Um, I think you're back. You know you're going to drop them. When you know you're going to drop right. them, it's yep. tough. Um, I would say like 
again, depending by like 20, 30 range, even that might be a little too much. Cause again, if they, if they don't have the skills, those guys will absolutely burn you. And again, that's why I like to go a week ahead. So I can be like one or two bucks. We're in, we're out. It is what it is. Let's move on because it can sting in a big way. And it goes back to stuff we'll talk about. Sometimes the one start streamer in a better matchup is better than the two start streamer. Yep. Um, sometimes a good reliever is better than a two start streamer. There's a lot of scenarios where you can do that. And it leads to what I tried to demonstrate in my OC and I've been trying to do later in draft season. I'm being much more aggressive in not pocket aces, but getting a lot of good pitchers early. So I, my goal is to stream hitters, not pitchers this year as much as possible because Agreed. you can find hitters a lot easier than pitchers and not usually have to pay as much. So that's usually my goal, and I'm trying to stick with that. Obviously, stuff happens, but um, that's my goal on draft day right now. We'll see how that pans out. Zach Logue. I found oh, him. God. Zach Logue. <laughs> oh, that freaking no. guy, man. Yeah, I would have I would have blocked that name out too if I was you. Oh wow. I'm kind of glad I'm kind of disappointed in myself for having to re-remember re him. I'm, I'm glad I did forget his name. Good you almost need to get picture list to give you one of the scatter plot things and put it on the wall behind you of Zach Logue's two start week. Oh. <laughs> I don't I can't do that. Yeah, do that's that. that's we'll put bad. Him he's in the Trevor Rogers Hall of Fame. As as when your when your kids get older when they're on timeout make them read Zach Logue's game logs, <laughs> that's your punishment. Yeah, that'll kid. make them cry. Yeah. All right. Well, we will wrap it up there in our final preseason episode. Well, outside of Monday's live stream, of course, our like regular scheduled programming of the Bubba and the Bloom podcast. So, final thoughts, Ryan. It's been a long, fun. I'll say fun. People say it's like it's been fun. It's helped me a ton prepping for my drafts uh, uh, preseason. But like I said at the beginning, we're about to go back to our regular scheduled program of uh, news and bloom boards and our games and matchups and stuff that gets everybody rocking and rolling for the week. So final thoughts. Now just enjoy this last week. Like this is what we prepare for. This is what we love to do. So uh, it's finally here. Take it all in and enjoy it i will say if you don't have any kind of last minute drafts start thinking about your in-season process because once the season starts it's 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 a million miles a minute um you have a little bit of time right now in between drafts to just think about how you want to process from either like which stats you're looking at or even just like from your life like which days of the week do i want to start doing this and that identifying my drops picking those guys up start thinking about that stuff now because again once the season starts it's uh it's a sprint yeah and if uh, you have a significant other take them out on saturday night <laughs> yeah, the last yeah. saturday night you get to for quite a while so keep that in mind uh, this is a a big weekend maybe spend some time with them and tell them hey i do care about you but we might not be you know that close for the next few weeks months um so keep that in mind as well as a little little pro tip there um but yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be great looking forward to it for those that are in vegas good luck this weekend gonna be a lot of fun for you all for us that are stuck uh doing other things let's crush those online drafts have some fun like ryan mentioned monday night for you late night crowds it's called the what night owl uh pot <laughs> uh oc rotowire online championship it is at 11 30 eastern 8 30 pacific time we'll be streaming it right here on the youtube it'll be out for recording as well my oc and the beautiful thing is my wednesday oc went quick it was all, like um hour 55 it was awesome wow. We were in, yeah. out, done. It was glorious. Um, so it won't be a marathon. It won't be anything like that. 
So we'll have some fun with that. Ryan gets his turn to heckle me. Come join us in the chat. Heckle me away. Jolly, you'll be back from Vegas. Bring it, kid. I know it's late for you. Bring it. Uh, So we'll have some fun. But until then, check out Ryan on the Twitter there at RyanBHQ. The podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I am at BDNTrick. This was Bubba and the Bloom, episode 49. Catch you guys next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.